Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for the NBA, PGA, and the NFL. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Getting you ready with the last bits of news for Sunday on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. And welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Friday, September 25th, week three, underway already. One game down, 15 games to go. We are here to get you ready for those remaining 15 games. I am Michael Beller, joined, of course, by Derek Van Riper. DVR, Friday is here. The weekend is here. How you doing? Doing well for that very reason. Happy to have another weekend of football on tap. Looking forward to our uh, Sunday live stream, The Athletic Fantasy Cheat Sheet as well. Yeah, definitely be sure to check that out on all of our channels, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. You can find us kicking things off at 11 a.m. Eastern time, taking you all the way up to half an hour before kickoff of the 1 p.m. Eastern games. And one of those 1 p.m. Eastern games is where I want to start this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Raiders and Patriots getting together. A couple of 2-0 and teams, and I think maybe we expected that to be true for one of them, but not necessarily for the other. Raiders coming off a huge win in Week 2 over the New Orleans Saints, but a little bit of bad news for this team on Thursday. Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs both didn't practice. Darren Waller with a knee injury, Josh Jacobs with a hip issue. Obviously, right now, doesn't seem like anything too scary for these guys. Remember, they played Monday, so not a huge surprise to see them maybe taking it easy a little bit deeper into the week than we would typically expect. But today's practice reports, the Friday practice reports, Those are going to be big. You definitely want to see Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs in there, at least in limited fashion, uh, in Friday's reports. The good news, this is that 1 p.m. Eastern kick, so you're not going to have to make that decision blindly to start them or not start them. And, of course, if they start for the Raiders, they start for you. Devontae Adams, no practice again on Thursday. This one, Derek, is starting to get me a little bit worried because as we talked about on Thursday's show, even the most minor of hamstring injuries can be something that costs a guy a week, maybe two. And so if that's what Devontae Adams is dealing with and he's still not practicing on Thursday, then maybe it is more realistic than we thought a week ago or earlier this week that he ends up missing this game. It's possible, but we're still waiting for some kind of move to add a receiver because they're so thin at the position, they'd almost have to bring up someone from the practice squad if they knew Adams was going to miss this game. Uh, So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that it's not anything too serious. It's a couple of maintenance sort of days. It's early enough in the year. You don't want to push a soft tissue injury like this and make it worse or turn it into something that lingers longer than it has to. Uh, But for now, I I think you do have to look at this game and say there's a very good chance that Marquez Veldez-Scantling and Alan Lazard have larger roles than expected, even if Adams is out there, because they may have to limit his snaps a little bit. 
yeah, this is the Sunday night game, Packers and Saints getting together. So this is one where you might have to be making that decision uh, at least semi-blind on whether or not to start Devontae Adams. I know we talked about this on Thursday's show, but just in case some people listening to this episode miss Thursday's show, what do you do with MVS and Alan Lazard going into this game? Um, do you feel like they both deserve bumps up if Devontae Adams is unable to go? Yeah, if Adams is unable to play, they both creep up a bit. I think I would put Valdez Scantling kind of in the low end wide receiver two range at the highest, but definitely a solid like wide receiver three. Lazard's not that far behind him, probably more of a, a steady three with a little more of like a low end sort of flex sort of outcome if Adams doesn't go. I mean, I think there's a chance you justify playing them in the wide receiver three or flex positions in deeper leagues if Adams is out there, given that the tight ends are still very unproven in this offense. Let me put one more question to you on Devontae Adams. Let's say you have Devontae Adams and you were in a league where Veldis, Scantling, and or Alan Lazard are available. Would you pick up one of those guys to have as a backstop to an Adams injury and say roll the dice rather than playing your regular wide receiver three? Let's say you know your regular someone who you'd plug in for Adams is better than MVS or Lazard. Would you roll the dice there knowing that you could then have MVS or Lazard step in if Adams is unable to go. Yeah, I think the potential payoff for Adams is high enough. He's a top five wide receiver. Some weeks he finishes his wide receiver one because of the volume and opportunities he has in this offense. It's worth the risk because compared to what you would probably be looking at on your bench anyway, the gap between the bench option versus Veldas, Scantling, or even Lazard is probably pretty narrow. It's narrow enough where it's worth the risk to wait it out and see if Adams goes if you're in a situation like that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Any obvious wide receiver, one who is playing with Aaron Rodgers is someone who you're going to want in your lineup. So I would be very willing to take that risk. So any of you Devontae Adams owners out there, go ahead and see if MVS or Lazard is available in your league right now because that is a nice insurance policy to have on Sunday night again. Good chance we're not going to know for sure if Adams is able to go. Keep an eye on Friday's practice report coming out of Green Bay. Uh, Philip Lindsay, no practice on Thursday because of that turf toe. This is totally expected. Shouldn't be too much longer for him to get back for Denver, but almost certainly not going to be in week three. Curtis Samuel, meanwhile, uh, could have an increase in his role. The Panthers are talking about that after losing Christian McCaffrey for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Mike Davis, we know, is going to be the primary running back, but Curtis Samuel, going back to his days at Ohio State, has always been a wide receiver who uh, thrives on jet sweeps, who can take a direct handoff out of the backfield, can do a lot of different things. We've got a college-heavy brain trust in Carolina with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, so they're not going to be afraid to get creative with their wide receivers. Um, are you interested at all in making a preemptive ad on Curtis Samuel? Basically, do you think he could be one of the more popular guys on waivers next week, and that motivates you to make him an addition this week? Yeah, I think if we're talking about a reasonably deep league, I would definitely think about adding him now because there is a good argument to be made here. We're talking about a pretty long absence for Christian McCaffrey as well, and they're going to have to find ways to get the ball into the hands of an explosive playmaker like Samuel to help offset that loss. But the floor is a wide open question right now. I mean, even after McCaffrey left that game against Tampa Bay on Sunday, it was four rushing attempts for 26 yards for Samuel and just two catches for 13 yards. He's been on the field for at least 50 snaps in each of the first two games. I think you could justify him as more like a GPP play in DFS for this week. And I think he is kind of a 
interesting look ahead to week four who's going to fetch decent fab bids. If Curtis Samuel comes out and finds a way to, to get 10 or 12 touches, whether that's you know eight carries and four catches or some other combination, that is going to drive him up the fab price rankings, I guess you'd say, going into next week. So I, I do like him a bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he is used for sure because I think that this first game without Christian McCaffrey, almost like the Panthers planting a flag on what they think they're going to be ending up doing with Curtis Samuel. It does look like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are the number one and number two receivers there. So going to have to get creative to get Curtis Samuel a little bit more involved in the Christian McCaffrey injury does open the door to that. Alshon Jeffrey logged his first practice reps of the season on Thursday. Of course, not going to be playing on Sunday, but good to see him getting back on the practice field. His recovery from the foot injury is on schedule. Is this someone you would consider making a preemptive add-on before he potentially becomes more expensive in the fab market? I'm lukewarm on Jeffrey only because I'm worried that he's just not the same player that he was before the foot injury. We saw the target efficiency drop in a big way. It was at 6.7 yards per target over 10 games last season. And the two tight ends are a big part of that offense with Ertz and Goddard really being the leading receivers there. Miles Sanders catches passes. They got young receivers are trying to break in. This just looks like a clinging to the pass sort of situation with Jeffrey. So I'm less interested in him than Samuel just because I think his long-term value is in decline right now. He's a guy that I actually would like better if he got a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah, I'm with you on Jeffrey. He's always been a big-bodied guy too, a guy who is going to have to count on his physicality to make it rain. And uh, you know, we've seen that from him in Chicago. We saw it from him in Philadelphia. I'm just not sure with all the injuries he's piled up if he's ever going to get back to that level. And with Zach Ertz, with Dallas Goddard, with Miles Sanders, almost certainly locked in as the top three playmakers in that offense, you do start to worry about volume for Jeffrey even when he comes back. You've also got Deshaun Jackson as the deep threat. So it could be a guy who is more of a boomer bust type of play rather than someone who is a consistent fantasy starter. A couple of injuries in Buffalo. They've got themselves a big game with the Rams uh, this week. A couple of 2-0 and o teams. Zach Moss did not practice again on Thursday because of a toe injury. And John Brown popped up on the injury report with a foot injury that had him limited in practice on Thursday. This is the same foot injury, injury that had him limited last week. That was on Wednesday of week two. Then on Thursday of week two, he was back in there doing all the individual drills. So the fact that this cropped up more than a week later, does have to have you a little bit concerned about his availability for Sunday. With Zach Moss now being out of practice two days in a row, whether he plays, whether he doesn't play, I think Devin Singletary is an absolute play this week. Yeah, no question about that. And I think he enters the DFS conversation immediately if Moss were to get ruled out. But even if Moss uh, is hampered, you have to at least think about Singletary as a guy that could see more work than usual this week. And he's been involved the first two games. I mean, it's been a total of, I think, 12 touches in Week 2 and 14 in Week 1. So he's already got a pretty good base. If that's the floor and you could see him maybe getting 20-plus touches in any given week, I think there's a, a lot of, uh, of explosiveness there that you could tap into. Yeah, I don't think the Bills are going to gamble with Zach Moss's health this early in the season either. And our partners at Manscaped, they're here to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving the same way that you do on football. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. That's 20% off with free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. 
talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. But with Roman, it can be a whole lot easier to talk about because you get to do so with the real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. And it is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, it is simple, and again, completely discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com football15 and complete an online visit. This problem, erectile dysfunction, it used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Go to GetRoman.com football15 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Football15. GetRoman.com slash Football15. Christian Kirk did not practice on Thursday. He missed practice on Wednesday. Also, he has a groin injury, so things are starting to look doubtful for him. On Sunday, Cardinals playing host to the Detroit Lions in a game where they are favored by 5.5 points. Jamison Crowder also looking doubtful for this week. Still has that hamstring injury that cost him the Week 2 game for the Jets. This team... Just cannot get healthy. On the good side of the ledger, however, for the Jets, LaMichael Pirine has returned to practice. He was limited on Thursday with an ankle injury. This, to me, Derek, feels like potentially a buying opportunity. We know Le'Veon Bell is going to be out for at least another week and perhaps longer with that hamstring injury. Frank Gore is what he is at this point of his career. Got 21 carries a week ago, but turned that into just 63 yards. If anyone can be interesting in this backfield without Le'Veon Bell. I think P. Ryan's the guy. If I am running back needy in a deeper league, I don't think it needs to be a super deep league, just deeper than average. I could see him making the preemptive ad on P. Ryan here. Yeah, I think I'd put him behind Curtis Samuel, though, just because I don't really yeah. like the Jets' offense at all. But, yeah, finding running backs, I mean, if he were to emerge and, and take a larger share of the workload once he's healthy and be a lead back while Le'Veon Bell is out, even as like a 65-35 sort of split, you're going to pay for that in fab. So if you're in a deeper league, I'm thinking 14 teams plus. I'm definitely thinking about Pirine as a stash. All right, AJ Green coming out and being very honest with us, saying that he's rusty from missing all of last season, that he's still learning Zach Taylor's offense. Of course, Zach Taylor was a first-year head coach in Cincinnati last year so this is the first time that AJ's been able to play in real games in the Zach Taylor offense you've got a rookie quarterback so you know refreshing to see a player of AJ Green's caliber and stature in the league be so honest with where he is in this offense the good news for him is that he does have 22 targets already on the season got 13 last week in that game where Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times do you feel like AJ Green is potentially a buy low here after what we've seen from him over the first two games of the season. I, mean, I think so because I think he was already a little underpriced for most of draft season, so I don't think the trade demands are going to be that high. I think this is an offense that will find its stride over the course of the season. I believe in Joe Burrow. You know, I think Tyler Boyd draws enough attention away from Green where he's not always going to see double teams and things that he saw earlier in his career. So maybe the floor is what you're looking at because of the volume every single week. The ceiling is probably not what it was a few seasons ago, but I think week in and week out, A.J. Green's probably still a top 30 receiver for me. If you can get him for less than that, I would take that chance. Yeah, I think think I'm with you there, and I do like this offense. And one thing you like about this offense is the fact that there is no kid gloves for uh, Joe Burrow, right? His second game of his career, and boom, Zach Taylor lets him go out and rip the ball 61 
times in a game that was pretty close throughout. You know, Cleveland was able to get up multiple scores a few different times, but it's not like Cleveland ever ran away with that game, but Zach Taylor was not afraid to let his rookie number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, go out and sling it all over the field. That is great news for A.J. Green, great news for Tyler Boyd, maybe not so great news for Joe Mixon, who this team still refuses to use in the passing game. One more note here, Bruce Arians uh, throwing some shade at the tight end position in his offense, saying basically that I don't care about tight ends, saying that his offense is not built to get tight ends consistent targets. That's what we have the wide receivers for. So if you were still holding on to Rob Gronkowski in any form or fashion, got to think that you have to let him go. It just doesn't seem as though he is going to have anywhere near a role for Tampa that he did for New England, no matter who the quarterback is and what his history might be with said quarterback. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. You can get yourself a subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month at theathletic.com slash football in 15. And if you are out there still looking for a subscription, listen on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend and enjoy all the games in week three.